another traveler. Pull a chair up and rest your feet. Would you care for some food or a drink? Perhaps some information or a legendary tale. Come, stay a while and listen. Hello and welcome to Tavern Legends. I'm Clayton Friedemann. I'm Jacob Yombor. And today's episode is going to be a Flagons and Fables. It's going to be our second episode of this uh, series that we that we want to start up. Uh, Jake, do you want to give a little introduction to kind of what we're going to be doing in these episodes? So Fables and Flagons, or Flagons and Fables. Yep. We're going to be trying to do a little bit more of a relaxed approach uh, with our table talk. It's a little more geared towards providing something tangible to bring to your table. Legendary Tales is our live play stuff. Mm-hmm. Flagons and Fables, we're going to try and do a featured brew. We're focusing mostly on our local stuff, so I won't be surprised if some of our listeners never heard of this stuff. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, this is local from Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, where, where we live. So Right. Uh, otherwise, playing into the fable side of this, we're going to start talking about you know some of our stories of our past experiences, whether it be old characters, old campaigns, or maybe we're going to bring up some of the future stuff that we want to do. But the idea being that it is more of a lighthearted approach and just something to sit and listen to as opposed to necessarily take something to your table. Right, so today's featured brew is from, it's called Backswing. Is the brewery. Yep, that's the name of the brewery, and uh, you remember that name on that? The brew itself is called a Citra Kolsch. Citra Kolsch. Um, it uses some of those Citra hops. Uh, it's got a nice citrus flavor. It's a little bit of a lighter beer. Just a bit on the hoppy side, but not too terrible by any means. Not no. like an IPA or anything like that. No, not too strong. So, I mean, if you're if you're in Lincoln or live here, you know, give it give it a, give it a check out. You know, with pretty good stuff. So yeah, nice refreshing beer. I guess with that, um, take a couple drinks from it, mm-hmm. and um, pretty much get right into uh, what we're going to be talking about today. So. We've featured the local brew, so what we want to bring to the Flagons and Fables forum today is dragons. We are going to be talking all about dragons, um, kind of their their start, how they got their start in Dungeons and Dragons, everything kind of like that, like the the chromatic dragons and uh, metallic dragons yeah just looking at how some settings have used dragons we're just going to discuss them in general Mm -hmm. uh and then we'll start talking about how we actually aim to use them in our own game yep we're we're creating a a homebrew world from scratch um it's going to be it's called ratara (laughs) funny story we just recently learned the league of legends game their world's called Rune Terra. Yeah, I'm so I can't believe I didn't even think about it after playing it for a while. It's like I stopped playing a few years ago, and then the, we just got the notification from, uh, I believe Matt Mercer and the Critical Role group was doing a Rune Terra. It's kind of League of Legends crossover thing. So mm-hmm. we just noticed that, and that's when it clicked. Like, oh no! Yeah, we both kind of realized at the same time. We're like, we might have to change our campaign world name now, but. As for now, as it stands, it's it's Rotara until we 
we get that panned out further but we're gonna kind of expand on that explain a little bit um about the dragons that we want to have in this world and it's a uh, gonna be a completely different outlook than what wizards is doing with with the dragons in, in their world so yeah at least in the main setting mm-hmm. so let's let's launch into that the, the main setting we're talking about the forgotten realms setting that seems to be the most supported by fifth edition wizards of the coast stuff oh, so easily so we will focus on that um and as most people probably know by now there is the metallic and the chromatic dragons that are right. the basis for all dragons in the campaign setting and I would say in the Monster Manual and everything. Right. So on your chromatic side, you got your black, your red, your blue, your white, your green. Yep, those main five. And then the metallic, there's the gold, silver, copper, brass, and bronze. bronze. Yep. Those are the main dragons. So, um, you know, we, we kind of know basically from our experience with them how they behave and what their elements are and all that. I would say, you know, one of the things we kind of noticed right off the bat, it's a little uh, not necessarily intuitive to know what dragon does what. So, like, I mean, you can kind of figure out that the green dragon is a poisonous dragon, but you don't Mm -hmm. really know how it's going to behave if you're not familiar with it. Or for, like, the black dragon, it's kind of... You might assume it's evil just because it's black, but then like, what's ty- what's the type of damage and resistance, and what's the environment and that kind of stuff? It just doesn't feel evocative, like descriptive of what the dragon actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, each each chromatic dragon, you know, they they're very different. They have their own personalities and their own unique characteristics and traits to them, and they they carry themselves differently in the world. Obviously, they live in different environments, you know, separate from where they they rule and perch and, and mate and all that kind of good stuff. So that, you know, Wizards does a really good job and the Forgotten Realms does a great job of, of displaying those dragons and, 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 you know, representing them as each their own. Um, but like Jake was saying, like, I mean, unless you're a newbie to Dungeons and & Dragons and, and just mythological creatures in, in general, then maybe... You might not know that a that a red dragon breathes fire, blue dragon breathes lightning. Yeah, or the black, black dragon acid. spews acid. Right. You might you might not know that, but most most advanced players, you know, they already kind of know that and and are expecting that going into the game. Yeah, it kind of it creates its own pros and cons. Since everybody knows what those dragons do now, there's just a a nice common template for. Mm-hmm. A basic understanding of dragons, and even right. if we look at another setting like Dragonlance, for example, mm-hmm. it still uses the same basic premise of metallic versus chromatic. Chromatic are evil, metallic are good. They just have a little bit different story of like who they follow and what their right. goal is. But generally, evil dragons still. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say the metallic dragons are a little lesser known in the dragon mythology as far as you know. Forgotten Realms and Dragonlance and stuff's con- concerned, you know. Yeah. They're more, you know, they're more good, like like Jake was just saying. You know, they have the abilities to transform, polymorph themselves, mingle with the normal humans or the elves and the dwarves and pose as, as a person. And then, you know, they can just turn into a beautiful dragon out of nowhere. Right. Um. So yeah, that that pros and cons thing there, right? Again, like the the fact that the 
metallic dragons have a way to incorporate themselves into society is it's a nice touch to actually use the dragons especially when if you're looking at you know, most stories of dragons or dragons destroying something which is that chromatic factor coming into play mm-hmm. having an alternative way to incorporate dragons is nice that's a good pro that right. using more of a social approach is nice right yeah and I, I mean i don't want to throw any any stones or anything or you know at a glass house to say with oh, yeah. with the with the dragon system that that wizards is using and everything but you know we've been playing you know dungeons and dragons for too long now <laughs> since since 14 and i just turned 30 so 16 years maybe even sooner maybe even a little bit more than that at least a decade and a half right but so these dragons have become a little stale and 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 something about them in just fifth edition in general um they just all kind of play the same um, mechanically in combat um, stuff like that so you know what we're kind of wanting to take a look at with this flagons and fables episode is is more of a unique approach and and a different way to look at the dragon so that a way um, we can use them in, in in a new way and also you know make it fresh yeah i, I want to touch on it since i have been pretty critical of the dragons already playing a little bit of a devil's advocate mode i still do really like the chromatic and metallic that forgotten realms is set up but it, it has its downsides and mm-hmm. so we want to look a little bit for our own setting how can we adjust or improve on what they've done and make our own setting more rich mm-hmm. um, and fitting for you know what we want to do with our world yeah you know the dragons aren't necessarily as involved or important in the world of forgotten realms per se i mean some dragons may have had influence influence beyond other dragons but you know, we're, we were looking for more of a, we want our dragons to be part of this world. We want them to be a part of it. We want them to be an extension of the world. And we want to to essentially make them more unique in that aspect. Yeah, some, something to actually make them feel alive in the world instead of imposed on the world. I'd say that's one of the harsh critiques of the Forgotten Realms dragons. You can kind of drop down a red dragon anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, you want it to be near some treasure or whatever, and maybe it's in the mountains as opposed to the tundra, but still, it's not that far-fetched to have a red dragon in the tundra. You can do it. Yep. Nothing, nothing saying you can't. Yeah. I so, mean, they definitely have little favored areas and stuff but that doesn't mean they're going to venture out of those areas and and that's you know that's up to the dm and that's what's going to give your dragons in those campaign settings you know a little bit more flavor and make them more interesting than just beyond the surface level of what they really are yeah so i guess i guess that pretty much covers mostly all the information about um the dragons and stuff in Forgotten Realms that we were wanting to cover unless you had anything else that you wanted to say on it. Yeah, I'd say that's a good overview of the dragons. Uh, definitely not detailed by any means. There's no. plenty of little pieces. I mean, there's a uh, Draconomicon, if you really want to get into it and like that, that'll go into like their breeding and how long it takes for the eggs to incubate and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. th- there is more content out there to look into that if that sure. is what you're looking for. And I mean, the dragons are definitely more 
entwined in the world than than we made it seem in the, in this video or in this uh, podcast. Yeah, they 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 are they are a very important part of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just the the critique is that they feel a little bit like they can just be thrown anywhere as and mm-hmm. the world has to react to them <clears throat> as opposed to they react to the world. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess with that being said. Um, Let's let's introduce them to you know just a little sneak peek of kind of what what we're aiming to do with our dragons in in Ritara. So for our campaign setting, um, let's preface this by saying one of the things that we also noticed that kind of tends to be lacking in fifth edition is this emphasis on elements and like elemental types of damage. Um, so we know based on our experience that the red dragon breathes fire and the white dragon breathes cold and like that's all cut and dry there's no real question about it but it doesn't really by saying that the blue dragon does lightning breath it doesn't really seem to feel like the blue dragon is an embodiment of lightning right it just happens to have lightning mm-hmm. that just seems to be its its manifestation of of you know the core inside of the inside of the dragons that generate that 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 breath weapon. Yeah, I think you touch on a good spot there. The core, it almost feels like all of the dragons are basically the same cookie cutter and then they just change it to fire, they change the hit points and they change the armor class. Mm-hmm. That's done. That's mm-hmm. that is the dragon for 5th edition. Mm-hmm. They right. don't have any real special features to them other than just being a big hit point bag Mm -hmm. or you know i think the only other option we didn't hit on was you know becoming a draco lich or an undead dragon that's oh yeah but that feels like it's just kind of right outside of the realm of standard dragons Mm -hmm. and and it is very much so it's just like that's the template in my opinion where it's like oh how can we make the any dragon stronger than it already is oh just slap the undead template on it it's a draco lich Automatically, your ancient dragons are going to be just a slightly higher challenge rating because of that alone. And yeah, it's like so we are kind of just looking for some more ways to to include variants because there hasn't been much love for dragons in fifth edition <laughs> for Dungeons and Dragons. Right. There's not a lot of love for the dragons. So we kind of took it on ourselves to to look at it in a different way, and 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 we wanted to present a little bit of that to you today in the form of some ideas that we had, and then also a fable that we that we've written and and are and are going to present to you as kind of just npcs talking in a tavern yeah so let's let's start talking about our dragons a little bit more our approach for the dragons we really liked as i said that elemental aspect so we're going to play that up more for our setting so rather than having a red dragon and that breathes fire we're going to start incorporating dragons that actually embody the elements so there will be fire dragons and cold dragons and lightning dragons and all those types of damage based on what's already in fifth edition Mm -hmm. we'll do a little bit of tweaking to make a couple different elements fit in we haven't finalized it but we want to incorporate like wind and water dragons Mm -hmm. and that's you know there's not water damage so how are we going to do that that's just one of those things we'll have to come up with i think we have a, a starting that we really like we'll we'll mm-hmm. let you guys know more when it's a little closer to finalized um, but for now we're, we're starting with our fire dragon aspect yep 
Um, and one of the things that we really, like I said, wanted to emphasize was this elemental aspect. So, like, a fire dragon actually should be an embodiment of fire. It obviously breathes fire, but it's got supernatural heat or flames along its back or other mm-hmm. features that emphasize that it is a creature of fire. Right. We, we want it to be... Um you know, we wanted to have that physical appearance, appearance that someone's just going to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, this is definitely attuned to fire. This is where this dragon comes from. This is where it lives. This is this is the type of environment it, it, it thrives in. Um, you know, those are the those are the kind of things we want to see right out the bat with our dragons. Like, you know, so there's there's no question um of, of what it is and, and what it does. I mean, maybe if you haven't seen them, you might not know. Yeah, and there might be a few types that are harder to tell what they're going to be mm-hmm. when you first see them. But generally, they you can identify what type it'll be mm-hmm. by its appearance or by some mannerism or something like that, how it behaves. Maybe mm-hmm. the coal dragons are really sluggish and lightning dragons are really fast, kind of representative of the element, that kind of idea. So right. we'll keep exploring that more. You know, maybe maybe these this dragon, this this frost dragon that you speak of, this can essentially become a maelstrom, a uh, a snowstorm, if you will, just yeah. itself and just or just create one itself by flying around in circles incredibly fast, um, and all that all that good stuff. So. So yeah, right there we just introduced a new idea specific to the cold dragon that that blizzard it creates and that really changes how combat will unfold too because mm-hmm. we're creating something that'll change visibility, might start creating heavily obscured. So are the archers going to have a hard time even seeing the target? Are their arrows going to be able to pierce the wind? Yeah, so that really changes how each type of dragon will play. Instead of just saying it's a blue dragon, it's going to fly by and breathe lightning. It's a red dragon, it's going to fly by and breathe fire. Mm-hmm. Maybe the red dragon just charges in and stays in melee because it's got that really hot body. And the coal dragon wants to stay away and wear you down and mm-hmm. chill you to the bone and then come in and shatter your body. Right. And, you know, we another thing kind of with this is we wanted to give our, our dragons a more unique... Um, name naming convention to them you know something that you know is going to be exclusive to them it's not just going to be like going down the line and being like red dragon blue dragon white dragon it's going to be like for example the one that we have thought of that we're going to be uh telling the fable about and that we thought of pretty good we're going to call it a scorcher that's kind of just the, the placeholder name that we have in place for it right now but so the the fire dragon it's not going to be referred to as a fire dragon in our world. It's going to be more commonly referred to as, you know, this scorcher. Yeah, and that also opens up the opportunity for other types of dragons that fit in an element. So maybe there's a scorcher and an emberwing and a blaze beast or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. there could be different categories that right. all fit under a dragon, but they might manifest that ability in some different way Mm -hmm. and you know the elements features also opens up interesting games or not games interesting um concepts in the fact that you know these dragons you know they have 
sentience to them. They're intelligent beasts um, for the most part. Um, and, you know, they're going to, you know, they need loving just like anyone else. They're going to find a mate. You know, what happens when a scorcher, you know, mates with um, like an earth dragon or a rock dragon that you have? What, what comes of that? And we feel like our elemental natures mixing are going to be able to create those breeds and kind of create all new classes, mutant types of dragons, if you will. So there's more variability in a variety of types of dragons we can incorporate into the game. And it also introduces some opportunities for emphasizing more on vulnerabilities and resistances. Personally, I feel like there's just not a lot of it incorporated into 5th edition. There's not really that many creatures that are vulnerable to fire or vulnerable to cold or resistant to them. And, you know, maybe that fire-type dragons have a natural weakness to water and cold or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to be careful because we don't want it to turn into Pokemon. <laughs> right. But I, it's kind of an interesting... It's almost like if you take a little bit of Pokemon and a little bit of How to Train Your Dragon and a little bit of the Forgotten Realms and put them together. You get your Frankenstein monster boys. <laughs> yeah. Flying around, yelling in the air, shooting elements everywhere. So, you know... That's that's definitely a good point, you know. There's there's that that kind of I mean there are definitely creatures that have that vulnerability and stuff and and invulnerability or resistance to these damage types and stuff, but you know, we just want to try to find a way that we can improve on that and just kind of include it more in our world like more environmental effects like like we had described earlier with that tornado or that that frost tornado yeah, blizzard. like Mhm. Stuff like that, so, and that kind of that kind of ties in a little bit to, um, I think our final point and what we wanted to talk about with the dragons of Rutara that we that we're creating, um, and imagining for our world, and that is their connection to the world and what they mean to Rutara. Yes. So for Forgotten Realms, just to quickly cover it. There's some legends that say that dragons came from a meteor and like they're foreign alien creatures to the world and all this stuff. And I think that does really show through in a lot of the material that they just never really truly fit into the world of Faerun. Right. They're important to the world. You never would do it without them. You need dragons there, but in some ways you could just put any kind of creature in their place and it would do the same thing. Yep. And so for our setting, we really want to make sure that the dragons are in tune to the world, like we said. So by being elements themselves, they, they have a natural affinity to the world. Yeah. Fire dragons will exist in the hotter areas and volcanoes and that kind of stuff. Water dragons are more likely to exist at the seas. So we have environments for them to naturally fit into without any real working around them. Mm-hmm. And then when we do put them in we can make the world react to their presence. Right. And one kind of working theory that we've kind of been toying around with that we don't want to give too many details on, but I want to touch on it a little bit, is that these dragons are essentially part of the world. So let's say, you know, you come upon a scorcher or this fire dragon or this fire worm. It's it's going to be in a volcanic region and and by that, you know, it could be somewhere else like we detailed, but more than likely it's going to be in this like volcanic region um, of fire and magma and stuff of, of that magnitude. And on top of that, 
you know, want that idea that we were toying with is that this, that these dragons, you know, like some gods and other editions of Dungeons and Dragons, they helped create the world. We want these dragons to maybe be incorporated in the creation of the elements and the coming together of our world. Yeah, so I I like that idea a lot too. Um, the idea that the dragons are truly some of the actual original creators of the world outside of the dragons. Mm-hmm. Or outside of the gods. Like you were saying, like they were foreign in Forgotten Realms, and maybe they're not so foreign in our world. So that's yeah. just one idea we've been toying with. And, and and you know, we also toyed with the idea of maybe the Goliaths were, were working with these dragons in our world, and, and they kind of broke away from the original gods and creators of this world and then are now in kind of a struggle for power in creating this world to their vision all at the same time. Yeah, I think for our dragons, rather than having them um, tied to a deity, they're tied to nature. They're more spiritual in some way, like elemental spirits, rather than being like religious spiritual. Yeah. I think that's that's nice, because there's the eternal struggle between Tiamat and Bahamut, that is created by the metallic and chromatic. We can't really do that in our system anymore. By creating the fire and cold and lightning dragons, they don't really fit into that clean pantheon of good versus evil. So mm-hmm. a different approach being that they actually exist outside of the gods themselves. They Maybe they just came about as a natural process, like a mutation of nature. Right, right. So I think that pretty much about covers it um, for kind of everything that we want to discuss with dragons and and the uh you know possibilities that we've we've come up with in our world of of Ritara. um so with that we are going to um end this with our our fable that we've we've created just a little short story to kind of add some flavor to um the the scorcher the fire dragon that we've been mentioning um just because we want to give you an example of kind of of what maybe someone would say around town um knowing about this in our world so yeah the idea of this little part here is that maybe you take it and use it in your own setting to like give the bartender something to say or an important npc something to say something like that but the idea being that you can take the little snippets of dialogue we use and use it as a way of seeding a creature or a dragon or and in this case a dragon but right later down the line maybe we'll do werewolves fairies who knows it's just kind of open-ended yep. the fable side of it yep we'll, we'll more than likely tweet out what we're going to probably plan on talking about we're going to have some more fun and stuff with our flagons and fables in the future so i guess with that we'll we'll dive right into it you ready i'm ready all right <clears throat> so pretty much the scene is is a bar just in in the town in the town of in Ritara. so um we don't have an exact name or anything like that it's not really that big of a deal so just kind of imagine that as, as as a hungry patron comes in looking for a story and adventure and a warm meal. Um, and the bartender is at, at the uh, bar, ready to greet him. Welcome, traveler. Can I get you something to drink or eat? A beer and some warm stew will do just fine. You got it. Coming right up. Here's that drink for you. Food will be out shortly. Appreciate it. Ah, don't mention it. So, 
What brings you to town? I'm in search of a new hunt. None of the creatures in the north have been able to challenge me. Ah, a monster slayer, are ye? Then perhaps I can interest you in a local fable. A serpent of flame and wing, capable of turning the largest cities into smoldering embers. Now that sounds like a worthy opponent. Tell me more of this creature. Aye. Many have tried to fell the beast. However, none have returned. The winged beast known as a scorcher is said to live in the mountains just south of here. I've even heard it sleeps upon a pile of golds and riches. A scorcher, huh? Is this one of those dragons I've heard of? A fire dragon? Aye. The fable says it can walk through the hardest flames unscathed, and even is said to be wreathed in flames, causing all to burn in its wake around it. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Can you tell me the direction to the nearest alchemist? I need to buy some potions of resistance after my stew. Oh, yeah, just down the road, a place called Virelis's Emporium. You can't miss it. Ah, speaking of your food, here's your stew. Oh, thank you kindly. Nah, don't mention it. If you're ever in town again, stop by for another fable. Alright, that was our little fable for you guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. We're definitely looking at doing that some more, and we may consider in future episodes, rather than doing the whole dragon talk beforehand, we may just kind of release some of these snippets of just a short fable. Mm-hmm. So maybe you just want to play the episode of a five-minute talk or whatever that we're doing for yep. that feature. But we're always going to be drinking during these, and we're always going to be making sure it's a local brew, and unless we run out. <laughs> but we're only in two episodes in, so we got plenty of work ahead of us on that front. So Yep. Uh, we're open to suggestions for brews, for what we talk about on the episode, or ideas for creatures that we need to give fables about so please uh tweet us make facebook posts send us messages or whatever you want to do we are more than happy to create something that people actually want to hear yeah we want to hear from you guys more um about what you want to hear and everything um we definitely got tons of ideas that we can always bring out um but it's always good to hear from from the community and see you know what that what they're wanting to hear about and everything like that so absolutely I think that will wrap up our episode. Uh, that's going to be Flagons and Fables, episode two. Yep, we appreciate you guys listening and uh, stopping by to, to listen to our fable and and uh, hear us drink beer and <coughs> belch during it and everything. <laughs> yeah, just make sure to check us out on Twitter, at uh, Tavern Legends. We also have a Facebook group, um, and we're going to be looking at some future options for how you may get in contact with us but yeah thanks for joining us guys we wish you fair weather and legendary tales stay safe everyone <laughs>